How do you like your eggs? <laughs> 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 I like to scramble. <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> How do you like your eggs? Because I like mine sc- scrambled as my co-host dies in the corner. Are you, are you okay? Can you, are you going to be able to do this? <laughs> Holy crap, that's one hell of a spike, man. Are you okay? Are you going to be good? Oh, it's really funny. He's, he's crying. I'm crying. Are you okay? Listen, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just didn't. I didn't understand the strength oh. of my comedic nature. I was just. I thought because here's the thing. <laughs> I'm gonna be. I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna peel back the layers for a minute. Ah, uh, yes. Oh goodness. Layers. So just like the sentient onion during, from the dream episode. Yeah, during our microphone test, uh, sheriff said something kind of funny in between the song at the beginning. Um, and I'm it, trying something new. Yeah, trying something different. Yeah. Well, I don't know if we're going to do it every time, but yeah, it was it was funny. Like I told him, he was like, "Well, what can I say that's a little bit different?" And I was like, "Well, maybe because he likes to say when he when he tries to cover up his cursing, he likes to say nuggets of some kind, like anything that involves nuggets. Like that's his way of cursing." I and, try to keep it clean, and um, so I just told him that I was like, "Just say something with nuggets, and then I'll respond to it at some point in the song too." And he goes, "Okay." So there, like, I wish I could show you. He was sitting there bouncing up and down to the music. And then all of a sudden he goes, how do you like your eggs? And it just, it like, it completely threw me off. Because I was waiting for nuggets. Well, there's a story to this, though. And the way that you, but it was just so funny. The way you just go, how do you like your eggs? <laughs> like, while you're bouncing. <laughs> and, and you can hear it. You can hear it. Oh, my gosh. That was funny. All right. So, um, let me, okay. Like, just I'm okay to, to now. preface I'm, this. I'm back now. If, I'm sorry. If we're going to preface this, let me at least tell you where I got that from. Please do. Um, recently I've been trying to eat oh, healthier. Man. So oh yeah, eggs are good. Yeah, good I've been eating eggs in the morning, and, and and I've been sick of eating just boiled <sighs> eggs. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna buckle down and learn how to make scrambled eggs for real because yeah. I don't know how to make scrambled eggs yeah, until really? recently. Yeah, until recent. Like, well, I can make scrambled eggs. I it's think just people, they're garbage. Yeah, people do it differently. <laughs> yeah, so I like them with the small curds. You know, mm-hmm. um, some people like them with the large curds and, and a little bit drier. I like them a little bit wetter. Right. Um, and I just like to add some <sighs> cheese to it. But anyway, I watched a video on how to make it, oh, and uh, it actually turned out really well. Yeah. Um, to the point where I made eggs for. Everybody in my family, and oh, they good. all agreed, and they loved it. And now I, I like eggs. I like eggs that are oh, scrambled. Man, that was funny. I did, I was just not expecting that at all. Well, I'm glad I made you, well, made you giggle. Throw out the window. It did more than giggle. Well, throw <laughs> throw out the window what I was going to say to start the podcast. Like now that means nothing. So I'm sorry, I kind of stole your. That, thunder no, no, no. That. I'm happy you stole my thunder there. That was that was something else. I'm I'm very proud of that. Please. You never did answer the question though. How do I like my eggs? Yes. I'll yeah. eat them scrambled usually, but I do like sunny side up where it's like, I think it's called sunny side up where it's a little bit runny, yeah, the yeah. yolk, but not too runny. So like, you know, just a little bit of firmness, but like when you cut into it, it's mm-hmm. still kind of drips. Yeah, out. exactly. Uh, that's something I couldn't, I tried it at, um, at a place called First Watch close by. I love house. First Watch. Yeah. I went there. Um, it's a little bit pricey. It is my, very pricey. I did not go there very often. we got, but yeah. the food tasted good. Yeah. I like their food. I had avocado toast. Now I'm a true millennial. Oh no. <laughs> it's oh no. I love it, though. Um, anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in uh, to Nonsensical Brilliance. My name is Sheriff, as usual. And uh, with me... <laughs> My name changes from time to time, depending <laughs> on if the FBI is tracking me down or not. Next week, I plan to be Rakesh. <laughs> Rakesh. Yeah. That's a good one. I it's like, like it. rock, but like ish. No, I get it. No, Just I, a little bit I of got it. That's enough. It really Introduce it, me. Why don't you? It ref- okay. <laughs> it's probably best. Uh, with me is my co-host... 
with the Mo host. Is that can I do that? Are we still doing that? I mean, I don't know. Sure. My Hi. co-host with the Mo host, Marcus Young. Hi guys. That was very lackluster, but I appreciate the attempt. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Not everybody can make a noise with their mouth. Not even I. Not even I. I don't know. I thought that was pretty good. I'm, I'm a little jealous. Oh, are you? I'm sorry. Can you teach me your ways? Yeah, I go. I go a little bit higher pitched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I go. I'll do it slow motion. I was you. being sarcastic. Oh. Yours was clearly inferior. Oh, fool. <laughs> full of a took. You're full of a took. Peregrine took. You can't go quite well. <laughs> oh, that was weird. Uh, I, did, I don't remember that arc of the Lord of I the I don't remember that either. Oh, well, what? G- Sheriff. Yes. Since you're leading the podcast. Apparently. Oh, I do have Not a story. Well. I just realized. I forgot. I told you I had a story. Yes. I was about to say, when are you going to? I was maybe oh thinking it had something to do with Peregrine Took. I totally forgot. No, did you meet Peregrine Nothing Took? at all. Um, no, this is just a quick story. It just happened to me today. It was kind of funny, I thought. So, shout out to my coworker, Clint, as I tend to do on this podcast. Hey, Clint. It's me. Um, Sheriff. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> How are you? Hi. <laughs> Leave pause so he can respond to it. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> oh, you stop it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, anyway, today um, I convinced him. Oh, I should preface this. Like two months ago, maybe, we went to Wild Wings Cafe for lunch one day because they do like an all buffet thing during the week. Is it? Is it just wings? Just wings. The, the wings buffet. They also like tater tots. I've never been there before. Wait, wings they, and tater tots? For, the, for the, um, the buffet. I hate being on a diet. <laughs> I know, right? Well, anyway, a few months back, I convinced him to go with me, and the service wasn't great. The woman who was our waitress, like, barely showed up, um, and when she did show up, she was there for a minimal amount of time. It just took us forever to get out. So, since then, he kind of refused to go again because he was afraid that, you know, the service was going to be bad again. Oh, I mean, I can't blame you there. No, yeah. I can't blame him either. Well, anyway, I finally convinced him earlier this week to go with me again, and so we were going today. We sat on the opposite side of the room than we did the first time, which now we're convinced that side of the room gets better service than the other side, which is weird to say. Well, anyway, the the buffet is like $11. $11 something dollars, I think, uh, if you get a water, which is what we did. <coughs> Excuse me. And so um, we get ready to pay, and I reach for my wallet, and it's missing. Oh, snap. Did you drop it on the floor again? Well, that's what I was what hoping for. What was with for. your pockets? Well, it's the same pants I was wearing in that episode we were recording. Oh. Same pants. Um, so anyway, I like I tell him, I'm like, hey, I think my wallet must have fallen out in my car. I'm going to go back there and get it. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, I'll leave my phone for collateral <laughs> if that is necessary. Uh, I almost said I'll leave my keys, but like I need that to get that, in my that, car. That, yeah, that would kind of defeat the purpose. So I go to my car. I don't see it anywhere. I'm like, oh, no. So I'm like, okay, well, hopefully he's just maybe fell in my pocket at the office. So I, I run back inside um, and I tell him, like, I don't have it on me. I'm really sorry. Do you mind paying for it? And then I'll pay you back. Like if my, when my, if my wallet's at my office, I'll run out to a gas station and get your money back. That's fairly nice of you. I so guess. he wound up tipping um, total because each thing was like 1190 something. And according to fifty percent, fifteen percent. Wow, fifty percent. Yeah, That's sorry. Generous I, for some. I can't speak English. Service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, she. This one was actually pretty good. Um, he gave her the fifteen percent was like a dollar eighty. So he gave her three dollars, I think, each mm. from both from both orders, I think. 
Um, so it, was, it came out to fourteen ninety five, and so I uh, we we get back to the office. It's not in my in my office. It's not anywhere in the building that I retraced my steps to look to see if it could have been. Couldn't find it. So I'm freaking out. I'm like, I don't know where my wallet is. It might be at home, but I'm not. I can't guarantee that. So I asked one of my supervisors if he didn't mind because it was a bit of a slow day. I said, do you mind if I just run to my my house really fast and just see if it's there just for peace of mind? And he goes, yeah, absolutely. I would do the same thing. So that's what I did. I, I drove home really fast legally and got back and then looked around and could not find it. I'm like, oh, no, it is not anywhere where I would keep my wallet because I have certain areas that I set my stuff down when I get home. Like yeah, my keys, yeah. keys are by the door. Um, my phone is usually with me, but if I leave it somewhere, it's on my uh, nightstand. Um, and my wallet is usually on this. Uh, I mean, I don't care. I have a pretty much a pot, like a laundry basket full of clean clothes because I just restack it in there and I don't put it away. And I put that stuff on top of the clothes pretty much. And uh, it wasn't there. And it wasn't on my bed. It wasn't in the dirty laundry. I tried looking for it there. I couldn't find it. You put your... You put your wallet in the dirty Well, laundry? no, because I didn't know if it was like in an old pair of pants. I just forgot to grab oh, okay. it. Okay. Like I, yeah. Let's say just get a night table, dude. No, no, no. I know, right? <laughs> so I started to retrace my steps outside thinking, well, maybe it fell out of my pocket on my way to my car this morning. So as I'm doing that, I'm already calling Wild Wings to ask them. By the way, no sponsorship. Um, <laughs> you wish. Unless they want to. Um, Call us. I, yeah. <laughs> so I called them and I was like, hey, is there a wallet lying around? I'm trying. I, I think I went there early for lunch. I don't know if it fell down uh, my pocket. Is there a chance someone has found my wallet there? So as she's talking to me, she's like, well, let me check with my manager. So she's doing that. And then I go to my car. I'm like, I'm just going to tear my part of my, oh, goodness, tear my uh, car apart and just look for it. Cause I, I, I got to find it. So I, um, I start looking around. She comes back to the phone and she goes, okay, sir, can you describe the wallet to me and tell me what name would be in it? As soon as she says that, I look behind my chair in my driver's seat and I can see literally like a corner of something that's not normal on my car. Somehow my wallet got wedged into something right behind my, my driver's seat. And all I could see from it was corner of the wallet. <laughs> oh my God. So of course. So, so, okay, so you're, okay. So this is how the phone call went. Yeah. Uh, can you describe it for Yeah, it's, uh, it's in my car right here. No, uh, no, it's no. It's got a corner sticking out. No, this is how it actually <laughs> went. How it actually went was my brain immediately thought, well, I can't tell her the truth. Oh, no. I'm already locked in at this point. Oh, come on. So I immediately describe it to her, grab my wallet, put it in my passenger seat. And she goes, well, hold on a minute. So she puts me on hold again. I guess to write all the information down. I close the door. I start my car. I start driving back to work. And she goes, okay, can you leave me your name and your number so if we find it, we can contact you? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Sure. So she comes back and she says something. She was really nice. She goes, well, we'll let you know if we find it. Hopefully you'll be able to find it. I'm like, yeah, I'm just retracing my steps, hoping I can find it. I think my luck's pretty good on this one. (laughs) Yeah. Because it felt like it would have been way more awkward if I was just like, oh, no, I, I just found it. Never mind. Like I just, in my head, it was like. No, no, stick with the lie. Keep going. Keep it's only weird if you don't own it. In my opinion, really, just own it. Like, nah, yeah, I, ah, I can't. I couldn't ah, own crap. It. Ah, crudely did. I, I left my wallet. I just found it here. While I'm like, oh, I'm such a silly goose. Well, you know what's... And then you both have a laugh. What's more annoying for me is that I drove all the way home and back. Yeah, I know. And wasted all that time. I know, I know. Maybe you should have just, you know, spent a little more, a bit more time tearing into your car, as they say, in the parking lot. Then wait. Yeah, I guess. You, 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 you could pay for your own stuff. 
That'd be great. I paid him back. Well, that's I should say. I stopped at a gas station on the way back, got cash out, bought him a little drink um, that we used to get whenever we'd go out and lunch together. Since we were both on a diet, we don't really stop at the gas station anymore. But I got him, I got him a little like Starbucks espresso thing. So I bought him that, got cash out, and I only had, they gave me fives for like it was like sixteen dollars and change or whatever, plus his drink and my drink. Nice. So it was like four bucks. Anyway, um, and so uh, I go up there, give him the cash, or I say, "Hey, do you have change?" And I'll, I'll uh, give you the fourteen dollars. And he goes, "Well, technically, it was fourteen ninety five. And I'm like, "Really?" So oh, I give yeah. him the fifteen. <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, fine. You owe me five cents." I'm gonna now. need that nickel. Yeah, I'm gonna back. need that nickel back, son. <laughs> oh, I just realized what we nobody, said. Nobody oh, needs that. Oh no. Nobody needs that. But anyway, that was look at I, this photograph. <laughs> I regret that. Uh, I really do. I, I regret it for you. But anyway, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I hate that I did that again. Is that, is that going to be your thing now? No, I refuse. It's too dumb. I can't do it again. Can I steal it? Yeah. That's my story. And I'm sticking to it. Uh, it was way worse when you did that. Hey, I at least Let's I go added, to the topic, I added please. a little I bit more of my razzle-dazzle to no, it. No, too much razzle-dazzle. You're just jealous. Sheriff, what's Sheriff? Uh, hi. Hey. Hi. What's the topic for today? All right. So the topic today right. is let's going get, to be. Let's just jump into let's this. Just get into this, dudes. You guys ready for this? Let's do it's it. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. Uh, uh, <laughs> I cannot think of any surfer lingo That's right fine. now. That's fine. Just, just, just go. <laughs> okay. No more. No more nonsense. Right. So, I'm gonna preface today's topic by doing a callback to last week's topic. So, oh, I thought we were going like back in time, and you're going to re like re say what we said in last. I was, I was going to do like a callback in the uh, present. I thought maybe you were going to like pretend we were going back in time. Can we do that instead? I guess so. I mean, we're right, in it now. It. All right, sorry. Let's. No, we're not in it technically. Let's try again. I'll press the go back in time machine. Boop. Okay. <laughs> okay, never mind. Just, just say it. I honestly cannot think of where you're going. With I, this. I'll explain. Okay, I'll just explain it. I was trying to do a reverse in time thing. So then you pretend we've gone back in time and you start saying things we said in the last callback. Oh, my memory's not that good. <laughs> you could make it up. It was just a little, like a little riff I was trying to do. All right, I'm sorry. But instead, about that. what you've done is you've made me peel back the onions, kind of like what we did in last episode. <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> this episode is just going to be a constant loop of going back in time for no reason. All right. Can I go back in time and pretend we never did the Ululus? You see, now that's what that's what's called the time paradox. <laughs> okay, by doing point. that, yeah, we, we erase point. the fact that we've done it by doing it. Yeah. That's a so, fallacy. So we should do it? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go ahead, please. I'm sorry right, for interrupting. So uh, we wasted like three minutes. Yeah, we, <laughs> <laughs> three minutes that we, so we sorry needed. About that. We can't take it back. All no. right. So um, I was really intrigued by the last uh, conversation we had uh, concerning dreams. Yeah. We, and, we uh, said that yeah. this was something we could talk a lot more about. For sure. Yeah. And um, I felt like I didn't do the research I had wanted to do, so I did a Let's little bit be more honest. of that. I we're, wasn't, not, yeah. we're not good at researching. Well, you're not good at researching. Well, I mean, like for the <laughs> podcast specifically, like That's we true. we've I'm had terrible. topics that we like we've tried one episode before that never got created, where we wanted to talk about lost cities. We did not research well enough for that. 
Oh, yeah. And we just jumped into it. It wasn't very good, which is why you will never hear it. Though, to be fair, <laughs> history is not my strong suit. <laughs> no, I love history and I love talking about lost cities. But yeah, we just kind of like, we're like, once we tried to do it, we listened back. We're like, this is just isn't good. Not, neither one of us were really feeling it. Our research wasn't very good. So we're trying to make up with it on a topic we feel more comfortable with talking just really about. really letting that onion have it right now. Just really going at those layers. Just really going at it. If only you could see the motions he was making. <laughs> it looks like he's trying to peel an onion or maybe he's like pulling napkins out of a dispenser. I'm not sure which one he's doing. It's an onion layer dispenser. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, on, on, the, on the topic of dreams, um, I was really intrigued by it, but I didn't know if I was really going to dedicate another episode to it until... Episode? Episode. Sorry. Um, until I had... I went to sleep last night and I woke up in the middle of the night for no reason except for that I was completely convinced that there was a spider inside of my eyelid and I apologize for that. Um, Marcus does not like spiders at all. At yeah, all. if we ever talk about fears, I have arachnophobia for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. He does not He does not deal well with We'll talk all. about that another day. Anyway, um, I was in this weird limbo between sleep and waking um, when I was convinced I, like, I saw the shape of a spider. See, that is what I'm talking about when I was talking about that pain I was feeling in my back. I was in that limbo too when I felt that pain. I was convinced. My, I think we were in that same limbo at some point. Possibly. I, I completely believe it now, honestly. Um, because I, I, like, I could see the patterns on it. And oh. I was, I was not like, it's not like I was looking at it in a web or something. Like it was falling towards me. Oh, no. I was looking at it from the underside. So it's like, oh, it's jumping on me. Oh, it's oh, jumping no. on me. And I jumped awake. Like I actually physically jumped awake. Like I recoiled backwards. I was lying down on my pillow terrifying. on my side, and I recoiled backwards and almost hit my head on that mug. That's oh yeah, yeah, I see uh, you gave me. It almost hurt me. Thanks for that. <laughs> you mean a cup, not a mug? Come on. Whatever. Come on. It doesn't have a handle, so no, you're right. It yeah. um, anyway, um, that got me thinking. First of all, oh my god. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you should be thinking that. Second of all, wow, that was really interesting. <laughs> Yeah, very, very interesting. That's just the way. I, that's just the way I roll. Anyway, so I wanted to kind of delve into some of the things that we didn't go delve into fully um, before we had, uh, you know, really cut the episode to do the activity, which I loved, by the way. And I was wondering if we could do, if you thought it'd be a good idea to do a little bit more, maybe just because. Oh, do like, more? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we probably do I more. I really of this. like that activity. Well, how about we do this, if you don't mind, because um, we're gonna. Um, spoiler we're doing a two-parter or not two-parter there's two things happening in this episode yeah i'm not gonna say what the other one is just yet what if we save that for the random thought would that work for you like the way we end it we could it's just that would be a little bit extended so we'd have to mm, fair point okay yeah. we'll just we'll do it now that's I feel fine. like I'll, it deserves me, its me, own little bit <clears throat> let me pull up the website i didn't mean to cough right into the mic my my bad go but ahead first first let's talk about let's talk about some of the things that because yeah, i did a little i'll bit let of you research. start let's let's start yeah. with you um, so one of the things that really that we talked about last time that I was really interested in was uh, the idea of lucid dreaming, which we really kind of glossed over. And uh, I did a little bit of research and actually found an article um, in a in a journal, uh, the Oxford Academic Journal. And uh, I'm going to put a link to that in the description below if you want to read it. It's done by uh, a Dr. Voss in 2009, and uh, it's if you're interested, you can check it out. It, it, it it describes lucid dreaming uh, as, quote, a dissociated state with aspects of both waking and dreaming, which kind of makes sense with what we were talking about last yeah. uh, last time. And I thought that was super cool because we were talking about that limbo between being awake and asleep, and it seems like lucid dreaming is a lot like that. 
because what they observed in their study was that they had six people. I know it's a small sample size, but mm-hmm. um, these six students were paid fifty dollars, fifty euros a night to stay and you know be trained in lucid dreaming. And they observed their brain states while they were doing all this. And uh, they they gave them a code um, to kind of show that they're actually lucidly dreaming, which is they had a pattern to look left and right, left and right, um, which is a false positive in some cases. But the way they did it, they did two codes. And I thought it was really cool how they uh, how they got around that that uh, that little hurdle. But they found out that when they when they were in the lucid dreaming state, their brain waves were similar to sleep, but a little bit more intense especially in the 40 hertz frequency of the uh, the brain waves and especially in the frontal cortex which is associated with decision making and such so what i said is is kind of correct last time in that when you are lucid dreaming when you have a little bit more agency in your dreams uh you do have a bit more brain activity in those regions which really fascinated me right and and the main difference between the state of rem sleep you know normally and lucidity is, is within that realization like when when the, when the dreamer is like Oh, I'm in a dream right now. And that they, they kind of said they, they hinted at that being the, the kind of moment where like you snap and then you get that increased activity in some regions and uh, the increase in frontal lobe activity, which they kind of suggested is uh, related to that realization. And I thought mm. that was super cool. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. And uh, I was going to go into, you know, external stimulus and dream influence and such, but I didn't that's have fine. time to and I forgot. That's fine. Well, <laughs> I, I pulled up a couple... Um, a couple of pages from the National Sleep Foundation, their official website, um, specifically topic, talking about what I was talking about, which was sleepwalking and sleep talking. Oh, yeah. I was hoping you'd, you'd bring something on that. Well, let me start with sleepwalking since that's the most common. I believe it's the most common. Well, maybe not. First of all, with the, the symptoms of it, um, it most often initiates during the deep sleep. Um, it says that some of them may occur in the lighter sleep stages of NREM. Yeah, yeah. Um, Usually within a few hours of falling asleep. That's interesting. NREM. That I, I, I didn't think it was even possible. This to is that. a weird thing to say on, on this podcast, but I'll say it anyway. Yeah. It says the sleepwalker may be partially aroused during the episode. Nice. So I just wanted to share that information. Um, part, of, part of what happens during the deep sleep is sleep talking. A lot of times if you're a sleepwalker, you will also sleep talk. It's a, it's a part of the symptoms. Um, you'll have little or no memory of the event. Megan, if you're listening, which I know you're not, <laughs> this explains why you have no memory of it. And I do because I was awake. Um, sorry, I lost my spot. <laughs> Does it say anything about what causes it? Because that's oh, really some, what fascinates uh, me. More symptoms. Yeah, of course. Sure. Um, it says sometimes there can be inappropriate behavior such as urinating in closets. Sometimes it happens more often with children because I think with some people they might think they're walking to the bathroom, like oh yeah, yeah and yeah. then mistakenly walk into the closet. Sometimes people who are sleepwalking can scream with with uh, night terrors. That sounds terrifying. Yeah, and sometimes they can be a bit violent for both people, right? Yeah, <laughs> and sometimes they can be a bit violent due to their uh, unconsciousness, not knowing what's going on around them. Um, it's formally known as sleepwalking is formally known as and I'm gonna I'm not gonna say this correctly so hopefully you'll know what I'm saying and correct me somnambulism Som- somnambulism yeah there we go somnambulism um, it's somn which means sleep and ambulate which means to walk it it's it's more than just sleepwalking a lot of times it's more complex behaviors like talking and other things like yeah that. I heard of, of some people somebody that I knew like I, I mean, a long time ago said that one time they they were sleepwalking and actually made a sandwich really. That's pretty cool. Why can't I do that? I already dream about sandwiches. Um, apparently, it's more common in children than it is adults. 
And it is even more likely to occur if someone is sleep deprived. Oh yeah, yeah, that that kind of makes sense. Um, does it tell? Does it say anything about why? Uh, I'm going through it very. And very you said fast. you said Megan was Megan must have been quite a bit younger than you, right? She is. At that time. Oh no, you're putting me on the spot. She was born in '97, so she is three years younger than me. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So so during that so even time, then she would have been way way younger back she then. She would have been mid-teens, I think. Because I think during that time, I would have been 16 or 17. It holds yeah, up. Something like that. Sorry, I'm just thinking and reading at the same time as well. Complex, yes. Um, I'm trying to go through it real quick to see if it can explain why it happens. Uh, it does point out the fact that people should be aware. If you have someone who are close to you who are sleepwalkers, you need to be careful because it can be dangerous to try to... Uh, Wait, no, no, sorry. No, you should wake them. <laughs> sorry, let me clarify. Well, be careful. Be it careful. says, in fact, it can be quite dangerous not to wake a sleepwalker. Yeah, I've always heard that as a myth. Like, because never some, wake a sleepwalker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, cause, because sometimes they can try to leave the house or even maybe even attempt driving because they're not aware of what's going on. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it is very bad. important that you should try to wake them up. Sorry, wrong clarification. You do want to wake them up because, you, because unless... You, you know, especially if you've known them for a long time and understand what they can do, they can be dangerous to themselves. One um, one comedian, actually, I, I didn't think about this at the time when we first talked about it. There's a, a comedian named, and I'm going to butcher his name, I think, Mike. <laughs> yeah, Mike. I butchered it. Uh, <laughs> nice. Berbigula, Berbigula. I cannot say his last. It's a bunch of Bs and Gs. Yeah, I, I've not heard of him. Um, he's a very funny guy, mm-hmm. very funny comedian. Um, and he actually did a movie based on his actual life, which is dealing with sleepwalking. So he sleepwalks. Yeah, and he what he has to do, he's talked about it where he has to, if he stays in a hotel, he has to sleep on the first floor every time. Because he had one instance where he got out of his bed and he thought he was like, I think he was dreaming he was in a war scenario of some kind, and he jumped out of a second floor window. Oh my God. Yeah. That sounds and so that's also actually from, terrifying. Yeah. So I think sometimes what he does as well is I think now he also sleeps in sleeping bags to keep himself from trying to get out of out of that. Um, he did a movie based on himself, but he was playing a, a different, you know, fake version mm. of himself, kind of describing it. Um, I can't think of the name of the movie. I'll try to remember it later on if I can think of it, but um, it's a really good movie and it's really interesting. Just even he was on to plug another podcast. If uh, no, 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 it's called uh, you made it weird with Pete Holmes, who's another comedian. Um, look up Mike Burbiglia. Nobody's going to know how to spell. I it. know. <laughs> just look up Mike Burr, like B I R and he will pop up. Trust me. And he is on an episode with Pete Holmes. I'm going to find out how to spell it now. Um, he you find he, he talks about it. He talks about it with Pete Holmes because on Pete Holmes' uh, podcast, which I really like, Mike Burbiglia. That's there you go. That's B I R B I G L I A. See if it shows his movie um, down here. Mike Burbiglia movie. Movies. Sleepwalk with yeah, me. Yeah, it's called Sleepwalk with me. Watch it. It's very. He's also good. in the Fault in Our Stars. That's, I don't care about that. Just, you know, <laughs> Sleepwalk with me. Sleepwalk with me. It's a really, really good movie. And and like I said, if you want to go check out another podcast, <laughs> besides ours, check out Pete Holmes's uh, You Made It Weird and watch his episode because he talks about it. He explains a lot of it. And it's really, really interesting. Um, it doesn't, on their website, they really don't talk about what causes it. Um, oh, here we go. Um, some of it can have underlying psych- psychiatric or, or psychological problems. 
Um, common triggers include sleep deprivation, sedative agents, including alcohol, uh, fe- febrile illnesses. Yeah, febrile. That means fever related. And certain medications. So um, from here, it says the general population is estimated to be between 1% to 15% that sleepwalk. That's very interesting. I didn't think it was that pervasive. But there is, it can become persistent for children if they do get it commonly for it to continue as they get uh, older and become adults. But yeah, thinking about those triggers, it kind of makes sense because alcohol and mm-hmm. you know febrile yeah. illnesses and all that sort of stuff kind of reduce the inhibition sure. your body has. You know, fever makes you... Makes your body get all hot, yeah, and you know use more energy. Alcohol kind of reduces your inhibition. Maybe it has something to do with motor neurons and whatnot. Now, sleep talking, sleep talking—that's an interesting. Formerly one. known as, and we're just going to spell it, and you pronounce it: S O M N I L O Q U Y. You could just—I could show it to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's somniloquy. It's just yeah. a little game I wanted to play to see if you knew how to spell things off the top of your head or pronounce things. I did it. Did I win? Nope. This is also another thing similar where um, you are doing something that you're not aware of. So oftentimes you may not remember it. Um, It says that it can involve not only just, I think, just full on conversations, but it can involve different dialogues. It can involve gibberish or just mumbling. Um, It says here the good news. I don't know if it is good or bad news, but the news is that for most people, it is rare and short-lived occurrences. Ah, yeah. Um, but again, it's it's most common in children, and actually, it's actually more common in males than it is females. Oh, um, there's a reason for that distinction. Again, they're not they're not very typical. This not typically aware of their situations or what they're doing. Therefore, their voices and their type of language could sound different than they would if they were fully awake. Oh man, like I don't I don't know if this is insensitive or something, but I feel like it'd be interesting. If somebody had this somniloquy coupled with something like like a verbal disorder or like like Tourette's or something, or like a stutter, and see if it changes. It yeah, yeah exactly. Sleep. That's a good point. I, I don't think it sounds bad. I think I just think it's interesting to wonder if. Yeah, it's more of a ramification deal right. rather than like making fun of it. Just, I, it. I just think it's curious. Sleep talking can be spontaneous or induced by conversation with sleepers. So really, you, so can, you can trigger it. Yeah, I think sometimes you can. You know, they show it in movies sometimes repeat or shows. Maybe they're talking to the sleep talker having conversation, I think depending on the severity of it, I think you could probably have full-on conversations with somebody while they're still asleep. Huh. I'm going to try that. It says little is known about the content of sleep talking. A lot of it just makes no sense at all. It may relate to past events or experiences. Um, modern sleep science and the law accept that sleep talking is not a product of a conscience, conscious or rational mind and is therefore usually... Uh, Usually inadmissible in court. That makes sense since that's um, very of interesting. Course, REM sleep is considered like an like a like unconscious state or something like like not sound of mind. In that I like case. this. I like this sentence a lot. Uh, although not physically harmful, sleep talking can cause embarrassment and can annoy <laughs> a bed partner, roommate, or disruptive in group sleeping situations. Because of this, sleep talkers are sometimes afraid to sleep while away from home. And can cause insomnia in a person sleeping. Uh, can cause insomnia in a person sleeping nearby. Oh, well, that's less fun. That part's less fun, but it, it, it's interesting that they're like it's not harmful, but it could be because of uh, it causes embarrassment. <laughs> it could cause embarrassment as a symptom. <laughs> Again, similar to sleepwalking, uh, stress can cause it. Uh, depression, 
sleep deprivation, daytime drowsiness, alcohol, fever. Um, so a lot of times, apparently, sleep talking can run in the family. Um, although external factors seem to stimulate the behavior, sleep talking often occurs currently while with other sleep disorders such as nightmares, confusional arousals. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just really funny to read that confusion. Like, <laughs> why am I aroused? What's happening? I don't understand. I'm the weirdest boner right now. <laughs> <laughs> sleep apnea can cause it. Uh, and REM sleep behavior disorder. Um, some say in rare cases, adult onset frequent sleep talking can be associated with a psychiatric disorder or nocturnal seizures. Oh, wow. That's bringing, all, that's bringing a whole neurological etiology into it that's that's very interesting it does say sleep talking associated with mental or medical illnesses occur more commonly in persons 25 years of age or over so Hmm. that's what i've got on those two subjects so from what basically and i know i was just reading and just spouting off what i was reading but basically sleepwalking and sleep talking commonly um, are caused due to sleep deprivation um, things like alcohol medication the fevers um, things that can be maybe disrupted within your REM sleep. Um, it sounds like those are the more common things than anything that is physically just wrong with you. Yeah, and it also appears to be more of a genetic deal. Right, and I think it just comes up. I don't think it's, I don't, I don't believe, unless it's like it's saying stress, depression, um, sleep deprivation. I think it's something like you said, it's it, genetics. I'm sorry, I'm not close enough to the mic. I apologize. That's all right. Just keep an eye on the thing. Um I think it's, like you said, I think it is more genetics unless things that are causing your life stress, causing to your to affect your sleep patterns, that is when it will affect it. Yeah, along that note, along that note of it being genetic, because um, I've had, like I said I had last episode, I have like sleep problems Insomnia. for a long, long time. But yeah. I don't think I've ever had sleepwalking or sleep talking. I said I just don't have that genetic disposition. Well, I mean, you, for all I know and for all you know, there's a chance you talk in your sleep, just maybe not that loud. But sleepwalking, yes, people would know that. I feel like you say I you feel like you should. Now. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of interesting. Like it would be interesting um, to just have like a microphone or something and just listen and see if you actually do talk in your sleep or not. Yeah, but I'm not gonna listen to eight hours of footage, <laughs> assuming I even get eight hours. Yeah. Well, you could watch the pattern and just see if anything spikes up. That's actually not. That's not a bad plan. See, I'm smart. <laughs> I'm not the dumb one in this ep- this episode podcast. Who am I? Where am I? I think. Are you, are you sleepwalking now? <laughs> I'm asleep. <laughs> I'm sleep podcasting. Sleep casting. Wait, wait. Oh, I should wake you up. Are you awake? Hey. Ah. <laughs> I <laughs> just love that delay. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why. That was all I could think of. I was like thinking for a minute, like, what am I doing <laughs> what, this what moment? What does a sleepwalker do? <laughs> when they get slapped. <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh, my uh, God. No, I think it's very interesting. And, and to be honest with you, I think Qu- when it quick comes... Quick thing, quick thing, just yes. real quick. Don't slap a sleepwalker. No, don't, don't slap do that. anybody. No, no, no. It's best to try. It's not standard protocol. Don't shake them either. I feel like that could be very weird. I, unless they're just that deep. I feel like what you should do is just try to hold maybe their shoulders. Maybe just t- yell at them. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Wake up! So you're going, ah! And then they're going, ah! <laughs> it's just, ah! 
I can I can just imagine. Ah, just constantly going on. Ah. Oh, oh, hey, thank okay. you. You're okay. Oh, uh, I'd funny. say maybe just like, you know, kind of like what you do sometimes when someone's unconscious, you see in movies, like maybe slap their face a little bit, not hard, just like, I don't know. If you're a sleepwalker or you have a sleepwalking um, roommate, partner, uh, family member, anything, tell us how you wake them up because I'm curious. And if you're Swedish, if you don't email us in, I'm, con- you know what, I'm Sweden, I've asked you to email in. I'm sorry, we're getting off topic at the moment. I'm sorry, but I'm just a little bit upset right now. Sweden, I've asked you to email in multiple times. Yes, the country. <laughs> the, the entire country. Please email us. And you know what? Because I feel like I'm being selfish. UK listeners and American listeners, you can email in as well. Please. I know I've been fascinated with Sweden a little bit more, and that's my fault. That's my fault because Sweden in, in, intrigues me. They're I, the new kid on the block. They're the... The, the new child. Yeah, We're sure. We're foisting all our attention on them. But We're I want, sorry about I that want the US listeners, US, I want the British listeners, and, and I want the Swedish listeners. All three of you, email us. Tell us if you experience REM sleep. What? Everyone experiences REM sleep. Yeah, I sure hope so. Um, if you experience, uh, sorry, uh, if you experience sleepwalking, um, sleep talking, lucid dreaming, anything sleep related or dream related, that's a bit weird for you. Yeah, and if you have I'd any funny stories, definitely, like, we'll share them on the show if that's yeah, okay Yeah, if you, you want to, you can say, uh, don't I think say I my think name, do say my name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll call you Todd. We'll call, yes, this is from Todd from Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> or Todd from the UK. <laughs> or Todd from That's what we're going to here. He's or just here. a guy named Todd. We just woke him up. <laughs> Give me a letter. Oh, okay, we're doing the activity now. All right. Um, let's see. Give me X. Why X? Because it's cool. Of course, there's only one page for it. All right. Oh, and there's not very much room. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> there's only three. All right. I'm going to have a number in my head. You tell me what you think it is. Or behind my back. Three. Oh, actually, you're right. That's weird. <laughs> yes. So, I don't know why I did that because that really didn't mean anything. But xylophone. I knew it. To see or play a xylophone in your dream indicates concerns for the environment. You need to be more environmentally Wait, conscious. What? Yeah, apparently. Alternatively, the dream represents your ambition and your drive. It also provides motion and inspirational insight into your future. Hmm. Give me another letter. Okay, so do spider. Jeez. Oh, I'm sorry, but this is recent. All right, that's fine. S P. S P S P S P. I gotta find the S P I. Where? Oh, there's Spider Man. Spider. Spider Man. Just oh, there's Spider-Man? a lot of spider. Whew, there's a lot too. All right, here we go. To see a spider in your dream indicates that you are feeling like an outsider in some situation, or perhaps you want to keep your distance and stay away from an alluring or tempting situation. The spider is also symbolic of feminine power or an overbearing mother figure in your life. I'm telling your mom that you said this. I'm all about feminine power. You know that, right? Now, I'm telling your mom that you think she's overbearing. Girl power. <laughs> yes. I like how I'm like threatening to tell your mother something. You're like focused on the girl power. <laughs> My mommy knows I don't think she's overbearing. <laughs> <laughs> mommy, please don't uh, be mad at me. Don't ground me, please. Alternatively, a spider... Alternatively, a spider refers to a powerful force protecting you against your self-destructive behavior. If oh. you kill a spider in your dream, then it symbolizes misfortune and bad luck. I'd never do that. I love spiders. No wonder why I have so much bad luck. 
yeah. To see a dead spider in your dream implies that you have overcome some strong feminine temptation. Interesting. Wait. Feminine temptation as in tempted to femininity or feminine temptation as in... I think... I, I don't know. It just says feminine temptation. Maybe just like you, temptation of a, of a woman. I don't know. Temptation of, I don't know, really wanting to take Dream. a pregnancy test. I don't know. <laughs> sure. Dreaming of a multicolored... Can't you've never wanted to pee on a stick. Let's stop now. I'm going to move on. <laughs> <laughs> You're going down a dark rabbit hole that I don't want to go down. Who said it's a rabbit hole? It's just a regular old hole. All right. All right. Get don't, over it. Okay. I am getting over I'm trying to move on. <laughs> Dreaming of a multicolored or rainbow-colored rainbow spider points to a situation that you should avoid. Well, this one was, was it, brown and black. Okay, so just a normal-looking spider. Yeah. Um, if you see a spider spinning a web, do you want to hear about that? It, that was not it. What about it jumping into your eyelid? <laughs> to see a spider climbing up a wall? No. To dream that a spider is coming... Oh, here we go. To dream that a spider is coming down on you from the ceiling. Yeah, In a case like that. that you are unable to escape from some relationship... <laughs> What relationship? <laughs> I've been trying to get away from you. Yeah, Marcus. I was going to say, me. I, This dream has just proved that I haven't been it's able me. to succeed in that. Um, if you dream of baby spiders, they are simple. It was not a baby uh, spider. Then they symbolize a new or recent relationship. It was huge. You, you saw spider eggs, right? No. I thought you said you saw spider eggs. No, it was just a giant spider. It was like a flash. Did he, it did he bite you? on me. No, it just jumped into my eyelid and then I woke did up. You like, eat, holy crap. Did you eat the spider? My eyelid did. Uh... Here it says at the very end, if you dream about a spider with multiple eyes, which they all do, then it highlights female intuition. I Tr actually didn't see the eyes of the Trust spider. your gut and feeling. I do that anyway. Usually doesn't get me anywhere good, but I do it. Oh, here's something interesting. I just want to reveal this. To see or dream that you are Spider-Man indicates that you need to draw on your own inner strength and will overpower, or excuse me, and willpower... Your inner strength and willpower. I'm an idiot. In order to overcome adversity, Noted. things will happen if you set your mind to it. Wow. That, my friends. With great dreams comes great, great responsibility. Yes, absolutely. Give me another letter. We'll do okay. one more. Let me think of something that... What about something you dreamed of recently? <clears throat> what did I dream of? Lord of the Rings. Do elves. Elves. What if, I wonder if Lord of the Rings is on here. That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? If you can't find Lord of the Rings, do do the elves. Yeah, okay, we'll do that. I just want to see if it's in here. What do your elf eyes see, what? Marcus? Legolas, what do your elf eyes see? A spider, it's jumping into my eyelid. Ah! <laughs> the orcs are taking the hobbits to Isengard. Have you heard that song on YouTube? Yeah, the really old one from like yeah, I, early 2000s. I recently listened to it for the first time. Katie, Katie was very surprised I never heard of it. Taking the hobbits to Isengard. They're taking the hobbits to Isengard. Isengard. I do not see Lord of the Rings. This is very you disappointing. I, I don't think they got the brand deal, so... <sighs> Duh. I got loop-de-loop. -loop. <laughs> what? I don't want to go into it. Uh, L's. Okay, here we go. Uh, do -do 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 -do. E L. Is it E-L-E, isn't it? No, E-L-V-E-S. Oh, here's a simple elf. Or elf, yeah. To see an elf in your dream refers to some imbalance and disharmony in your life. Really? The elf often serves as a guide of the soul. Alternatively, it suggests that you need to be more carefree, worry-free, and lighthearted. Or it could just be an elf. 
Or it could just, <laughs> or it could just be in health. Who knows? Um, let's do one more like letter, letter. I just want to find a random. Okay, one. random letter. All yeah, right, this will be our last um, one. Let's do W. W. Yeah. There's a lot of W's words. Good. Tell me what it's stop. Stop. Oh. Walrus. Like, oh, perfect. Yes. Okay, here we go. To see a walrus in your dream represents your display of dominance in some situation or relationship. <laughs> you are always on the lookout for anybody who is trying to outmaneuver, outrank, or outwit you. Alternatively, the walrus represents your protective shell and thick skin. You do not let the comments slash criticism of others get to you. For you es- hear that, haters? <laughs> it won't get to me. For Eskimos... I'm rubber, you glue. <laughs> for Eskimos and Native Americans in the North, the walrus symbolizes supernatural ability and power. Really? Hmm. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. That's cool. Who knows if this website's telling me the truth? Oh, my God. Uh, what time is that movie? Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I hope they hear this week. Skrrr, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the podcast, we are um, about to do something unprecedented, un- unthought of, undecided until yesterday. We are taking a short break. Um, we are going to... Um, we're just going to go watch a movie. We're going to go see a movie. We're going to take a break. We're yeah. going to see a movie. Um, I think we'll be back in a couple of minutes. You won't even notice. Yeah. I bet. Yeah, we're just going to just chill. Just chill for a yeah, while. Yeah, just chill right there. We'll be back. <laughs> And we are back. Hello. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hope so, you didn't have to wait too long. Well, we know they didn't have to wait too long. Just maintain the illusion. So just to give a brief or, yeah, brief uh, kind of explanation of what happened was we discussed this, um, what, three days ago, maybe, mm-hmm. about how we wanted to do a movie review for the new movie Venom uh, that has that came out yesterday, Friday the 4th, or excuse me, Thursday the 4th. Jeez, we saw it on Friday the 5th, which you, it won't... You, you don't need the date. Yeah, you don't need don't the date. I'll, I'll date it all. But anyway, so we decided we wanted to Whew. do that, but we were afraid that two things. One, we didn't think a movie review would be enough time for a full episode. Two, there's a chance that not everybody would have interest in a movie review or specifically the movie we'd be talking about. But we're going to do it anyway. So we wanted to have a two-parter episode kind of thing where there's two different things happening. It's a bit of a longer episode. But it allows people to listen to both if they want to, or they can focus on the dream stuff. And if maybe they don't want to hear the review, they can hop over to the uh, the random thought. Yes, and that stuff, uh, the time codes for that will be in uh, the description. Just check that out if you don't. Do wanna... we not want to put a disclaimer in it too? I mean, we could. But... I think so because I don't know if everyone goes to the to the description. <sighs> Fine. I think it'd be. Hi there, sheriff here, host of a popular podcast, Nonsensical Brilliance. I'm here to tell you to go ahead and skip to the time noted in the description, should you not want any spoilers, um, on the request of Marcus, of course. Now, uh, you can do that if you want. I don't care. It's up to you. I mean, it's not like I'm not your dad. You can do what you want. But yeah, um, this is getting really long. And just hope you enjoy the show. Goodbye.
Like, uh, you just put that over top of me. How dare you? I was in the middle of a sentence, and you just put the, the time code on top of me. I have the power of editing. I am the deity of this sort of electronic stuff. I felt stuff. like you wanted to say demon, but then you were like, I don't want to call myself a demon. <laughs> yeah, I just figured I'd go for the lawful good instead of go. the chaotic that's evil. Right. So anyway, that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to talk about the movie Venom. We have literally, usually when we see a movie... Uh, Sheriff and I discuss it afterwards. Yeah. We discuss a few things here and there. Uh, but we decided we have not said a thing about it. Yeah, we figured we'd just let you into that process. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to let you kind of in on what we're going to do. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about it a little bit. Sheriff has already put the time code in before where he will have said where the spoilers are, where, it, where, where you should go if you don't want to hear any of the spoilers. So we're going to start off non-spoilery so anyone can listen to this part. And then just remember the time code that Sheriff said at the earlier part, and you can skip to that when you don't want to hear spoilers. Fair enough? Sounds fair to Sounds me. Sounds good to me. So, Sheriff, do you want to give a brief summary, a kind of trailer-esque kind of uh, description of what this movie's about, or shall I? Sure. I mean, I'll do it. I'll give it a shot sure. since, you know, I don't really do stuff like this very yeah, often. Yeah, go for it. All right. In a world. No. <laughs> now, basically, um, it follows the story of uh, Brock Eddy. Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock. You literally said that back. Did you mean to do that? <laughs> yes. No, you did not. <laughs> I cannot believe that just happened. The look on your face when I called you out. I love it. Eddie Brock. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just saying Brock, comma, Eddie. I just forgot. Oh, so you're doing it like a medical way. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure. just that much into medicine. Okay. Anyway, so it follows Eddie Brock. Brock, Eddie. Continue, please. <laughs> Um, basically he's a reporter mm-hmm. for uh, a company, but he kind of doesn't play by the rules. He goes in hard and mm-hmm. takes people down and does that sort of journalism that, um, you know, strikes where it the dirty com- work. hurts company. Yeah, yeah the dirty work. Company. Yeah, for sure. And um, it's in, it's implied in, in the movie that he, he does this a lot and he's kind of like a, like a bad boy reporter. Now, because of this, he's made some enemies and, uh, yeah, just to say the least. And uh, <laughs> basically it follows him... And his struggles against the Life Corporation, right? Which yeah. sends out a bunch of rockets. Apparently, the the uh, the main dude, head honcho, is not super great. Which, to be fair, a lot of this you kind of get from a trailer. So, yeah. that's why I wanted to, you know... We want to pretend this is like a trailer, you know? Yeah. So and then, you know, essentially, he just gets genetic, geneticized. I'll take it from here because it sounds like you're struggling. I'm not good at this. So, anyway, yeah, he's he's making an enemy through a specific person. Um, who has gained access, we won't explain how, to pretty much alien life. And this alien life is a symbiote, and the symbiote uh, and Eddie connect, and it kind of goes through the cycles of him struggling with with the symbiote inside him. That's pretty much the movie. Yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. That's fine, I'll do it from here on out. Yeah, okay. So anyway, that's pretty much it. Um... To give you an idea for those who you who may not under, really know who Venom is, it's based off the comics in Marvel. Um, to give a brief summary of that, um, Venom is a symbiote, just like I said, who uh, combined originally in the comics with uh, Spider-Man. Um, there was some, some uh, storylines called the Secret Wars that took place in, uh, in space. Spider-Man was a part of it. And through that, he had a destroyed suit. He was trying to see if he could repair it. And he unintentionally combined with the symbiote who made him into a suit for him. And he brought him back to Earth with him. 
Um, and so uh, there are some different things that they've done in the comics later on that gives a, it a little bit more history. For example, I found out that it, it originally, in, well, further down the comics, they make an, an additional to the to the original to the origin. Excuse me, where Deadpool is the. In, if you don't know who Deadpool is, I'm sure you've seen the movies that came out. Anyway, I'm very lost. Are you really that lost already? How, what have I said that lost you? Everything. Let's go back to the part where Spider-Man. You know that part. <laughs> I know who Spider-Man okay. is. Okay, there were there were a string of comics called The Secret Wars. Took place took place in space. I'm going to keep it as vague as I can. What's a comic? Okay, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Venom combined with, with Peter. Can, can I tell you what a symbiote is? Would that would that make it a little bit easier? I know what it's, I saw the movie. Yeah, but it's a little bit different in to to okay. Venom is a symbiote that are part of a kind of a race of symbiotes. They have another name. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's like almost like an alien name. But for the, for people and humans, they call them symbiotes. They combine with hosts. That's their whole thing. They are like a parasite, which is heavy in the movie. They talk about parasites a lot. Uh, and what they do is they find a host. Originally, they were supposed to be good. They were good symbiotes. They wanted to connect with people and try to help them and make them better. Well, then there were some that were evil and they kind of overpowered the good, which happens a lot in different kinds of uh, storytelling. Sometimes evil overpowers the good. Um, and that's kind of what the symbiotes were. That's how they became kind of this evil, uh, uh, destructive, uh, manipulative, evil aliens. Okay, so that stuff, just for the record, is yes. not super explored in, in the movie Venom. No, it is not. It is more in the comics. Yeah, I was just, just so trying to get... Know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not going to go too much in, in, anymore into the comics. It, it's really good if you are a fan of comics and you haven't, for whatever reason, haven't read much of Venom storylines. There's a lot of good stuff. Um, he has done stuff with Spider-Man. He's been Spider-Man's villain. He's been an anti-hero, which is kind of what he portrays in the movie. Uh, with not only Eddie Brock, who's in the comics, but also another another person named uh, Flash Thompson. Um, it's it's very interesting. He is combined with a bunch of other people. I won't go too into it, but that's pretty much what Venom is. He's a symbiote who connects with people and uses their bodies as hosts because he needs hosts to be able to survive himself. So, All right, so just, that's the just basics. So you guys know, just, I'm going to preface this okay. by saying that this is kind of like Marcus's region of expertise i don't know too much about this i shouldn't so. say expertise because i don't there's still stuff i don't know region but I, of I know knowledge. more than you i know more than you a lot more yeah so anyway that's what symbiotes are so they, don't, don't judge me too harshly because yeah. because i said broccoli yeah okay i'm sticking by that anyway so that's that's pretty much a, a, a simple idea and i know it sounded really hopefully it didn't sound too like too much information being pushed out there that's pretty much what it is symbiotes are these they need us and they go into, into the movie so that's pretty much the basics that you need to know. And I think we can go ahead. I think there's not much we can't say without spoiling it. That's true. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and jump into spoilers. Yeah. So let's give let's give people a chance give to a pause quick second. get away, figure out what where they need to go. You get three, two, one. Oh, I didn't like that. Shut up. Okay. So into the spoilers. What we do when we talk about movies, we like to break it down into different sections. Um... The, just to start off with, I think it's the most important thing is how did you feel about the plot overall? And I'm, I'm just give a, a bigger explanation of the plot. Eddie Brock pretty much loses everything he because of a decision he made by his his girlfriend or fiance. 
um, was a part of a law firm. Um, he, she was defending somebody that he was looking into. The, uh, the main bad guy, I don't remember his name. Uh, Drake was Drake. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's, he's the head honcho of that yeah, life corporation. The life corporation. He wants to, he doesn't trust him. He doesn't know much about him though. Well, he finds information on her computer he decides to use that for his interview to kind of bombard it. And, and by information, it's super important that you um, say that it is like a like a legal case file. Yes. Which is yeah. super illegal to use. Right. And she had no idea. Yeah. Um, and it was talking about people who were dying and be, be people who were being killed. Um, and he uses that information. Not only does he get fired from his job because his boss finds out what he did, but then his uh, fiance leaves him because she lost her job because of him. Um He's kind of down on his luck. And then all of a sudden through one of the scientists, uh, she brings him in because she wants him to expose what's going on, which is that they're using these symbiotes that they found on another planet um, to try to fuse people together so that they can help humanity, quote unquote. And instead it's just killing people, innocent people. And she wanted that news to get out. Eddie gets combined with one of the symbiotes in the, uh, in the building. And it leads on to this whole mayhem of what the movie is. Yeah. Um, the plot overall for me, if I may, I was overall, I would, I would say it was good, but I had one major problem and I, based off your look at me, maybe it's the same problem. The beginning of the movie was very bad. Yeah. I was very bad with that. So what they do at the beginning is they show them find the aliens. Eddie Brock is already in this relationship and this is when he steals the information from his fiance Pretty much like when you're introduced to them, they seem very lovey-dovey. Everything seems great. They're really happy together. It seems like a perfect relationship. He makes this one decision to take the information from her computer and use it, which gets him fired, her fired. I don't understand the jump that she made into leaving him right then and there. Insta-hatred. Instantly. Like, not even let me let me let me ask let him me why this happened. This. Let me figure out why right. he did this. No, instant like I'm leaving you. I'm taking off this ring and I'm putting it in your pocket. Pretty much everything felt like it happened within a single day. Oh yeah, this like first scene that pacing was, this was big off. scene. Pacing was off for sure. But yeah, it just it was so crazy to me. Like sh- like I get that maybe the whole lovey dovey thing is supposed to show that uh, that they are really they're really uh, strong relationship and everything. But for me. I think if you're wanting to show this instant it's over, you should show some hints that they've had problems before. Either that, that this is the last straw. Yeah, either that or like extend that part. Like right. show him que- show her questioning him and you know, it was really just, being it was over immediately. It. She she broke off their engagement immediately. Like right there. Like it, she had just left. She the firm. walks out yeah, she walks out of the building, drops her box of stuff, and she's like, It's over. And it's like it just seemed it seemed so uh Abrupt. Yeah, very abrupt. Yeah. See, this is, you know, we'll go into this part of it later, but I would change the beginning some. We have a little section. We'll talk about that. I'll save it for then. Yeah, yeah. But there's there were so many different ways they could have made that beginning seem a little bit more fluid. After the beginning, once you see they jump to six months later, to me, everything after the six months, I was okay with. I was a little bit disappointed in one thing also later on, which was... um. The main villain is another symbiote that takes over Drake, um, who is separated from the rest of them, and then finds his way to Drake, takes him over. 
And his ultimate plan is to go back to his planet and bring more symbiotes to Earth so they can destroy the planet. That's their goal. Well, Venom decides he doesn't want to do that. And his reasoning just doesn't make sense to me why he would all of a sudden decide to forego what their, I guess, um, their nature is. Yeah, I really tried to give his motive a chance in my head. Like, I try to empathize. He was saying, like, the way he connected with Eddie, that just... With the comics, I should quickly explain. Venom, the reason Venom is the way he is is because of his hatred and his anger. When he combined with Peter and Peter rejected him, it made him angry and it made him hate Spider-Man. So when Eddie Brock in the comics, you, did you watch Spider-Man 3? I can't remember. No, I didn't watch any of the okay. Spider-Man movies. I will say there was some stuff in the Spider-Man 3 movie with where they added Venom in that that actually is from the comics. Um, there's a bell scene because um, one of the things that's important to know about the symbiotes is their weakness is fire and um, loud sounds, very loud. I think it's like a certain frequency of right. sound. Yeah. Well, so in the comics and in the third Spider-Man movie, Peter Parker uses a bell, like a church bell. It's really loud and it, it helps him get rid of the symbiote off of him. Well, in that same church, Eddie Brock, who is mad at Spider-Man as well, because he blames him for losing his job and everything going wrong for him. Because he gets cancer, his wife divorces him. Um, he loses his job because he tried to expose somebody as a serial killer. And Spider-Man proved him wrong, saying he's he's wrong. Eddie Brock is wrong about this. It's not him, it's this person. So Eddie loses all credibility. He, he's failure and he's com- contemplating suicide. And so he's in the church trying to pray for forgiveness for those thoughts and then the symbiote is there, having already departed from Spider-Man, feels the anger and, and, and everything that's going on, and Eddie Brock combines with him. And, re, and through that, because the symbiote was connected to Peter, he had his memories, and he gave it to Eddie. And that's why they used both of their anger towards Spider-Man and Peter Parker to want to kill him and become this ravenous thing. Yeah, that subtlety they don't in, really the, in do, that create yeah, it doesn't come up. It doesn't all. come that way in the movies. It's just like apparently he's already kind of a, which I guess I can understand that the alien race is already kind of that way. That's fine, but for him to quickly change because a human he combines with makes him feel a different way. I don't know. It just it felt weird to me. That was the main complaint I had about the bond between Eddie and uh, Venom because it it's not elucidated at all. They don't really go into it. It's not. They don't go into it into the into the like. There's no change. There's no like gradient in which. Oh, I hate you. Now suddenly, oh, because for some reason, it's not even super clear what the reason is that he flips his change. He says suddenly, uh, I like this planet. He says you. Yeah, 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 Yeah. pretty much like that. Yeah, that's it. There's no like strange. You know, in other movies where things get possessed and you know, uh, essentially they become okay with each other. There's a long process, and I feel like this movie would benefit from like an extended version. Possibly the same way that um, Batman versus Superman kind well, of. I've, got a I've bit heard, better. yeah, that's what I've heard. I haven't seen the extended I haven't version seen it of it, either, but I've heard decent mm-hmm. things. Takes yeah. it from Garbo to something. A little if bit I had better. to give the the plot like a letter grade, I would give it a C plus to a B minus, <sighs> because the beginning part really bothered me the way they did that, and his change bothered me. But overall, the way that the movie flowed story wise, I was actually okay with. Um, the way he was attached to the symbiote, it made sense. He got snuck into there. A lot of it kind of flowed where it made sense. The reasoning of what the, the main bad guy was trying to do, 
even though you didn't really get to see him much, his plan to bring back his homeworld to do what they're supposed to do, which is destroy everything, made sense. Speaking of the plot and the bad guys, sure, I did not like the head honcho of the Life Corporation. I feel like he was too Drake. generic bad guy. He bad felt guy. very... He, yeah, he did feel very generic. He kind of felt like Elon Musk to me. I know. He's he's that classic, oh, I'm... I'm he's like know, a super intelligent young guy who's like trying to save the world. Kind all of about thing. saving the world. All about but making he, the world a better place, but he's secretly it, evil. Right. It feels... Yeah, it feels very... Secretly doesn't care about humanity. Secretly mm. does unethical experiments. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought he was okay. And the fact that he was so cold and aloof just... Although I and did during ca- that part kind of like made me I kind of eh. did like he was like that he was a bit cold in the sense of like the people around him. But I, no, I mean like in regards to the experimentation like it's too it's not super relatable to me. Yeah. And it's too the the, the fact that it's not relatable on top of being done before mm-hmm. in my opinion. Like it, it, you've always uh, that there's a classic trope of the the cold scientist who does whatever he wa- needs to to get the results he's looking for and yeah. willing to sacrifice any subject to do that. Yeah. I, I just feel like there could have been some better ways right. uh, to go about well, characterizing. What, what letter grade would you give the story plot? I, I agree with you on the C. C I don't minus think or C a, plus? I wouldn't give him a C plus. I'd, I'd probably really? give it like a C or a C minus. So I was actually more happy with it than you were then. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then w- let's jump to one that's not as major, a kind of a normal thing. I like to focus on the music sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, what were your thoughts on the music throughout the film? Did it did it feel weird? Did it feel flowy? Like did... it wasn't bad. It didn't feel out of place, but it wasn't particularly memorable to me. Right. Well, some the reason I add I talk about music sometimes is because I think if you can really notice the music, that tells me it might be bad. Like I think like I think the perfect music should be ones that like don't really affect you unless it's like a specific song like that's got lyrics to it and stuff. Like for instance, you know the Deadpool song X is gonna give it to you. Yeah. I think like that 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 really gets you and draws you into you notice it. But for instance, like there should be some music in there that's just omni uh, uh, how do you say that word? I can never say it right. Omni- um, ominous. Omnipresent. Ominous. Mean? Ominous. Like ominous. Like, right. Like has kind of creepy music. You yeah, know? yeah. 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 Like that kind of stuff you shouldn't really notice. Like, but you, it should fit in the right place. So some of those felt like it fit right. Some of the like lyrical songs that they had for like the action type scenes, yeah. I was okay with. I didn't love it, but mm-hmm. it just, I think they're kind of going with this kind of bad A kind of character. So they were kind of going with that kind of um, but the thing is Brock harder music. Brock is not no, really but portrayed as a bad A. They're not meaning, I'm not meaning him. I mean Venom. Oh, Venom. Yeah, yeah. I mean Venom in even those scenes. So, even so, I feel like the main character... The main person whose struggle you're following is is Eddie Brock, and I believe that the music should characterize that. Well, not not in Venom scenes though. It makes sense though to me. I don't know. Like I the didn't, scene, I didn't feel like it. the SWAT scene, the big fight scene with him, the SWAT, which by the way looked really cool in my opinion. Um, That's one thing I didn't have too many complaints. About. Right. Well, let's jump. Music. I'll say. I'll say. I'll give it just a solid B because I wasn't mad at it, but it wasn't great. I was just. You know how the Avengers has that classic theme. Da, 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 well, yeah, da, because it's. Da, 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 da. But like, it kind of sounded Star Warsy, actually. You know, it's you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I know though. what you mean, though. Yeah, I'm not pitch perfect. <laughs> the movie. That need that okay. too. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like each movie, each Marvel movie, kind of has its. Deadpool theme. didn't. Deadpool didn't have a theme. You know, it's it's X going give it to you. Yeah, but that was at the <laughs> end of the movie. Yeah, but it was so cool. Anyway, <laughs> no, well, I wasn't. I wasn't some dissatisfied. Of them have their, some of them have their like iconic theme songs. Yeah, that's fair. 
I don't I think feel like this does. one kind of attempted to have one, oh. but it didn't really stick for me because I noticed mm. the same motifs in some of the orchestral scores. Right. But I, I, I don't know. It just didn't. It didn't stick out for me the That's same fine. way it did with the Avengers. Like I said, I, I'd give the music a B because I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. Yeah, I would say I'd, I'd probably give it a C plus or B. Okay. B minus. Um. Well, let's go into something a little bit more important. Let's go into the CGI of it all because it, right. it's obviously because Venom is a creature that is you've seen posters, I'm sure, or pictures of it. He's a gigantic, um, monstrous-looking blob. Um, not even a blob. Well, how did you feel like CGI? How did you feel like it looked? I felt like it was pretty good. It looked really good, in my opinion. Yeah. To be fair, this is the best Venom-looking thing in, in uh, real adaptations that they've done. They did a Ven- or tried to do a Venom in Sp- Spider-Man 3. Didn't look good. Now, the only concern I have is that if you look up a picture of Venom, he's supposed to look similar to Spider-Man. The reason why is because of him combining with Spider-Man kept some of the physical features. Right. The right. eyes, he would have the spider on his chest. He doesn't have that in the movie because he didn't form a Spider-Man. It makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, but that was like one thing. It had these eyes that are similar to Spider-Man's, but he doesn't combine with Spider-Man. Um, so, but overall, though, his look was great. Like even with CGI, he fit what the character looked like in the comics. If you look at it, or even in the cartoon animation series or whatever, he looked really good. Yeah, yeah. And and they were smart, which any CGI or animated person would be smart enough to know. When you're doing CGI for a big... Uh, I mean, he's a giant black character that you want to have that kind of at night or in places where it's harder to see. Because I feel like daylight would make the CGI seem more obvious. You know what I mean? With yeah, certain for sure. light. And they, they brought him out sometimes, but it was only like uh, it was part more, of his arm. Yeah, it was like part of his arm would have the symbiote. Easy. Yeah, it was very something that was very easy and it wouldn't be very difficult. Move fast. Something that wouldn't be as noticeable. But when he was the full form, they were wise in the fact that they did it at night. Or when they had that big battle scene with the SWAT team, it, they had like smoke bombs that went off. So he was like moving through the smoke. And I thought I, overall the CGI and they were smart with how they did the CGI character. I yeah, thought I have it was very, really very little complaint. If I was to complain about one thing, is that they used motion blur so liberally in the action scenes between uh, Venom and what, is it Riot? Riot, yes. Yeah. Um, that it was kind of yeah, hard true, to follow yeah. the action. I, I loved to see it. It was really cool. Yeah. It's just the really high dynamic energy parts of the fights were kind of kind of lost like it's hard to track it all with all the yeah. motion blur but that's kind of essential that's kind of yeah for cgi and it's a bit nitpicky mm-hmm. i mean a little bit but that's me I, though yeah you that's know. fine <laughs> if i if i for me letter grade for the cgi honestly i think i'd give it a solid a i wasn't i i didn't feel any moments that i could really tell how bad the cgi like for example one really bright spot for me was the when the symbiotes were like crawling around and stuff oh yeah that, that looked that really cool. good it looked really solid you know what it reminded me of it mm. kind of reminded me of the way sea slugs move yes yeah yeah and i really like that no i thought i thought they did a really good job of way even with the symbiotes moving around in their cases or when they were crawling around on the ground or whatever i thought i thought it looked and good something else one other thing that's kind of subtle that a lot of people don't um give credit to is like skin crawling, the skin crawling animations yeah. were really, really natural, and and it looked really yeah unsettling to look at, which was cool. And it another thing I liked, obvious. if you saw like if you remember the blue one, there was a moment where there was a blue symbiote on the glass because it just killed a uh, a, um, uh, a subject, 
and you could see that it was moving around and you could see residue like slowly fade away from it. Mm. I thought that was really subtly well done where it was like its blob body was on this part. It moves itself. And then you see the residue of their slime, I guess, whatever it could have been, slowly drift away. I thought that was really well done and kind of a subtle thing to make it look more, even more realistic. Yeah, and the way like it animated, like it didn't just slide, like it had these little tentacles almost climbed yeah, up. Pseudopods yeah, pseudopods that kind of like just grappling, just dragging. I thought, like, yeah, was, I thought that awesome. looked great. Um, so yeah, CG, I'd, I'd give it an A. Yeah, me too. I think I'd agree with you there. Um, acting, in my honest opinion. I think Tom Hardy was awesome. I really liked what he did. His performance overall, the way that he acted when, like, for instance, he wasn't sure what was going on, when he was like, because he's he's supposed to be a normal guy, um, or kind of a normal guy, right? And so his acting overall, I thought I thought he did a great, a phenomenal job. I think, and he really cares about this project because he was a big fan of Venom and everything. So he he took this project to heart, kind of like what Ryan Reynolds did with Deadpool. Um, except Venom got a bigger budget, and to be fair, Sony is a bit. Sony has a history of not doing well with hero superhero movies. Fantastic Four. Yeah, the fa- all the Fantastic Four movies. Um, Spider Man Three was not very good. Spider and the and the the, the um, amazing Spider Man movies they did with Andrew Garfield were horrible. Um, to me, the only good superhero movies that Sony has done was Spider Man One and Two with Tobey Maguire. Two was way better than one. And then Spider-Man Homecoming, which the reason why that was so good was because Marvel was involved. I mean, let's just be real. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I will say this was to me, if I, I think, okay, before I jump to that, actually, stay on the acting. I thought he did a great job. I think you're right. I think Drake was very basic character. I thought the actor himself played the character very, very yeah, well. Yeah, I thought he did that. Um, well. I liked him. I don't know what his real name is, but he, he was a very good actor. I th- you could feel he, even though, yes, it was a basic character that he, he was playing, he played that well. He seemed like he really was this individual who was crazy enough, maybe not visibly crazy enough, but in his head, he was crazy enough to know, I'm going to do what I want to do, even if, like you said, even if it costs others' lives. Yeah, and I didn't ever feel like I couldn't buy into it. No. Like I could buy into it. It's right. just that I, I felt like what I was buying into didn't meet the potential that I thought it could. Yeah. And, and that's he, not the actor's fault. No, 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 no. And the girlfriend, um, I can't remember her character's name. She's actually a character. Annie? Yes. She's actually a character that does show up at some point in the comics with Venom too. But she, I thought she did very well. Like I said, the only thing that I would gripe about, and this is more on the story of it, was the beginning stuff. Mm-hmm. Overall, I, th- I felt like she did fine. I had no problem with the acting at all, really. Um, I never felt like any of the actors felt out of place. Even like, a quick side note, though. Sure. That doctor who... Yeah, the know, doctor, yeah, yeah. He's such a nice guy. He was super nice. He genuinely cared about... Eddie. Eddie. Yeah, it was weird, isn't it? Like He's like, dude, your heart's atrophied. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Like, we really got to do something for you, even though, you know, you're hanging out with my... My girlfriend, your yeah. ex, yeah. Oh, one thing that I did love in, in one of the scenes when they... At some point, the doctor and Anne... I can't... Dan. That was the doctor's Dan, name. Yeah, Dan. Yeah. Dan and Anne are... <laughs> I just realized their names are way too similar. They should have changed <laughs> that. The two of them... She uses noise to separate him from Eddie because Eddie's starting to discover that Venom is actually starting to destroy him from the inside before he changes his mind. And so they separate them with sound and they try to trap it. And so Eddie's just like, I'm leaving. I got to get away from this thing. 
And and she's like starting to make sure he's trying to almost chase after Eddie for a second. And Dan's like, "What is this? What is going on?" And she starts to say, "Look, I know we're hanging out, but like, trust me, there's nothing going on between me and Eddie. It's over." And he goes, "I'm not talking about that. What is that in there?" That to me was a great scene because it had one of those classics like of him being like a jealous boyfriend. And it's like. No, I genuinely want to know what is that black ooze that is in that room right now. Yeah, and that's realistic, and you avoid the kind of forced drama that would go with it. Right, there was a good move. Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was, and and the actor himself, like I said, I thought he was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, So acting, I give an A plus. Acting gets an A plus for me. I don't. I didn't have really any gripes personally. Yeah, I don't really have any gripes. I I guess one character I didn't like very much was the the henchman. Yeah, the henchman. The the one. I don't remember his name, but the bald one. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, though. if you see, it, at, uh, yeah, he's like he's one. He's like the hen, like the big henchman that chases after Eddie the entire time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that guy. Oh, one one thing I did like character wise too was you know there's a part where um, they've captured Eddie even though he doesn't have the symbiote, and they're taking him out to the woods to go kill him, and he tries to fight back, and the guy just punches him in the face immediately. I like that because I thought that was really smart because like. You see too often the, the superhero or the main character pulling a move on him and like being able to handle himself. No, Eddie's just a normal guy, and this is a, like a special ops kind of guy. Yeah, and it really hits home how much he needs Venom. Yeah, absolutely. I thought that was a great scene. Um, I'm trying to think of what else we usually talk about. Oh, let's go into this. What would you say? Uh, we'll do your favorite and least favorite scenes of the movie. Mm. Um, I'll. Do you want me to start? Or do you have something already? Uh, no, you can just start. Okay. I think my favorite scene might have been when... Um, oh, this is a good question. See, I like the stuff with Venom himself because I think he's... I think him combined and actually going along with it is really fun. It might be a tie between two scenes. I think it might be the um, the scene actually where he is fighting the SWAT team. I kind of enjoyed watching that. I know he was moving around a lot through the fog and... But actually, I thought that was kind of a fun scene to watch. It was very cool to watch. The other scene that I would would be a close tie is actually when he tells him to jump out the window. <laughs> yes. And like you see Eddie Brock immediately hit the, the elevator button. And he's like, I won't say what he says, but he, he calls him a coward pretty much. Mm-hmm. And it's really funny. Oh, that was one thing I forgot to say. The humor. We usually talk I about the humor. We could, we could we'll hop back to that. After, we'll yeah. talk about that after. Yeah, that's a good point. So those are my two probably favorite scenes, kind of close to the, to the top. And I think we might agree. My least favorite, scene, my least favorite part was just the beginning. Before they mm-hmm. say yeah, six months later, that whole beginning part just was really poorly done, in my opinion. So those are my my favorites, and least favorites. Yeah, I think that I agree with you on the least favorite. So I'm not gonna yeah, reiterate right. that. Um, as for favorite scene, I really liked um, how Tom Hardy portrayed getting to know Venom. You know, the first part of where he figures out what Venom can do when he's in the apartment. Oh, when all the bad guys are trying to get to him. Yeah. That, so there's well, a scene. that And, and the, the, up, the, the parts after it where he's like, he's really, he really plays the normal guy who suddenly gets this weird... And has no idea what's going on. Yeah, he plays it really well. Yeah. And I, I really like that. Yeah, uh, to give an idea, like he, he escapes from the... The vulnerability, I guess. Right. When it comes, when that, Again, when that, that, comes just, with it. that comes with how... I, I, I've always liked Tom Hardy as an actor. Um, but anyway, yeah, that comes to a point where he, he escapes from the life center or life building. Whatever I, don't, it is. I don't even know anymore. He goes back to his apartment. He's trying to figure out what's going on. He doesn't feel good whatsoever because whatever is happening to him. And these guys who were sent to get Hardy and the symbiote break down his door. And during this time, you're hearing 
uh, Venom speak to Eddie in his head because he's in his head. And Eddie doesn't know what's going on. He hears voices. He's freaking out. And all of a sudden you hear him say, don't open that door. He still opens it and these guys come in. And he's battling with himself, Venom, and everything. And uh, like you said, Venom just like, even though he has no idea what's going on, Venom just takes control and takes care of all the guys in the apartment. And it was just fun to watch because like you said, there's a moment where Eddie Brock, uh, where Venom grabs one of the guys and Eddie says to him, I'm sorry about your friends. Because like he's (laughs) got no control of what's going on. Like you said, him just kind of being there as it's happening, like he, he can't control it. I, I agree. That is a really good scene. Yeah, he really did that. I'm just here for the ride kind of thing. So the next thing I would want to talk about, actually, let's jump into comedy because I think that fits pretty well. Right. How did you feel about the comedy? Because there was comedic moments. Yes. I feel like in this movie, uh, compared to other Marvel movies, the, the humor yeah. was really toned down. But when they did it, the comedic timing was really good. Most of it I thought was really good. There's only two moments I would say that kind of felt shoehorned, like kind of forced in there. Which was the point where, in a similar seat, excuse me, the similar scene that you really liked, where he is talking to Eddie for the first time, Venom, and he's like trying to put his hands up, and he goes, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I know." What he's you're like, about. he says, "I'm putting my hands up," and he goes, "You're making us look, you're embarrassing us," and it's like, "Well, hold on a minute, you're all like, you're coming in right off the bat, and it's like, how, like, how do you know what is embarrassing or what's not? Yeah, embarrassing? and Venom is an alien. He doesn't." super understand the situation apart right. from what Eddie's memories are. And I, right. I can't, un, I can't begin to think that Eddie has a lot of right. experience with that one. And jumped. then there was, and then the, the final scene, which you actually see in the trailer, the final joke, uh, I was kind of mad about. There's a scene, you see it throughout Eddie goes into this little like convenience store. There's a woman there. He knows pretty well. And you can see their camaraderie, which I kind of liked, even though it was just a small little character that they had in there. Well, she was getting pretty much, um, she was giving away She's money for ha- protection. Up, yeah. yeah, for this guy who keeps coming in for protection money. Well, Eddie finally, because he has Venom, decides to stand up to this guy. And Venom is like telling this guy, he's like, I'm going to eat your arms. I'm going to eat your... You see this in the trailer, by the way, too. So it's not like I'm giving too much away. But he says, I'll eat your arms, eat your legs. And it will just be this body, like a little turd, uh, rolling down the hill. Like a turd, or he goes, you're going to be rolling down the hill like a turd in the wind. And that kind of joke just felt weird to me. Yeah, especially characterized from Venom. Yeah, it just I felt don't feel strange. Like that's something he would say. Um, that was the only real joke. Like most of the humor in itself, I was I was pretty happy with. That last joke was just kind of, especially since I've already seen it in the trailer. I knew mm-hmm. it was going to probably happen. I didn't, and I thought it was. It was, it was just a I don't much. know. It was just a bit odd. Um, but overall, I liked the humor. I yeah, thought I mean, I'd say B plus. If, if I might say. Just to be honest, yeah, I did. It did get a chuckle out of me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't blame you. But I, I'm a child, right? So. Yeah, I'd say the humor for me at least is a B plus because I thought overall there was only I only felt awkward really in that joke and one other which didn't mean as much. That was more nitpicky really, mm-hmm. but everything else I thought the humor was pretty good. I thought I thought um, Tom Hardy was very funny because I think part of it was that unknown in character he has no idea what's happening to him. He was able to play that off with humor very well. I think so too, so, and, and because B, of that, B plus for me. Because of that, I give it a B. Uh, but because mm, I don't know, maybe it's because of my expectations for Marvel. I feel like well, this isn't Marvel though. This is Sony. Marvel had nothing to do with this. Oh yeah, okay then. So that's a fair like. Then never mind then. Yeah. See, I, I I would agree if this was a, like Marvel produced, then yeah, I would I would say yeah, I would expect a little bit better writing. 
but because this is really Sony's project that they decided to do, I, I, I'm happy that it wasn't Fantastic Four. Okay, well, in this case, I'm still going to give it a B. Yeah, it's still but, a good grade. Um, it, it makes it a little bit better. Maybe I'll bump it up to a B plus. Okay. I'm sure Sony will appreciate that. Yeah, yeah I'm sure they're listening. <laughs> um, we have one final subject before we move to the final grade. Um, and that is, what is, and I think it's going to be the same scene, what would you change in the film? And do you mind if I start? I'm pretty sure I mean, I'm going to agree with you. It's going to so. be the same scene. Yeah. Which is pretty much that beginning part. This is my thought process. I think what you should do is the beginning of the movie, you should still have the whole symbiote thing where you have this, you have at the beginning, you have this, this spaceship crashing to earth because they're coming back with their symbiotes. One of them gets loose and kills them and or kills the crew and lands and destroy you know, all that. Well, I, you keep that scene. All of it, even the part where the symbiote takes over a astronaut, then goes into a paramedic and all that. Keep all that. Don't have all like all that Eddie Brock stuff at the beginning, even with his girlfriend. I don't think you need any of that. Yeah, I think it was a little superfluous. I think you take all of that out and then you jump to like six months later. Because I think what you should go ahead and see is Eddie Brock down on his luck. And they do that, but after the six months thing. But I think what should happen after that point is maybe... Maybe he goes onto YouTube and sees like an old clip of him when he was interviewing the life guy and it wasn't going well. And maybe you have him give a phone call to Anne and just say, look, look, Les, I'm, tr- I'm trying to apologize. I'm sorry what I did. I'm, I, I just don't feel like that beginning stuff, besides from seeing the, the spaceship crash, I, I felt like all that stuff before the six months later meant nothing. Yeah, I feel like especially the relationship between brock and his fiance yeah. really actually kind of hamstrung the uh the love situation yeah, yeah. The, the breakup it, it right. really kind of screwed it. i think i feel like we didn't have that it, it's left to us to imagine what the relationship was yeah and it was a big deal yeah he did steal confidential oh, I'm files not, what he did was and horrible that, yeah. and it was a bad thing to do but the relationship was portrayed as so solid yeah it seemed perfect until that one moment yeah that was and it. um I just yeah, I feel like maybe they should have jumped in right away where she's already dumped him, and we like you said we have to kind of imagine what that relationship was like beforehand. Yeah. Now, barring taking stuff out, I believe if they were to do an extended version, I would really kind of just show the relationship disintegrating because of this. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I would change. I would not have it so. You want to make this the last straw. You don't want to make it like this was the one thing he ever did wrong, which is what it looked like. Yeah. It looked like this was the one thing he I mean, ever even, did wrong. Even on the laptop screensaver before he does access those files, they have like photos of them on trips. Like, like really gone happy away with photo. each other. Yeah, exactly, man. Like, I think they, I think they just made it look too perfect, and then the one thing happened, which is a big thing. Don't get me wrong, stealing that kind of information from a lawyer. Um, like they didn't even get home and have dinner and talk about it. Or nope, something. nothing. No, right there on the sidewalk. It's over. So yeah, I think I think that, like you said, I think they should have shown that it wasn't such a perfect relationship, or go ahead and jump into them being done, yeah, and us having to assume what the relationship. And on like. the relationship note, I would also like some more um, elaboration on Venom and Brock kind of coming to terms with each other. I feel like Venom caved too quickly and became yeah. okay with the situation, and Brock kind of he while while Tom Hardy did a good job on making him seem very uh you know what here's what i i would suggest if i can interrupt no you cannot uh, <laughs> okay continue to <then>. stop <laughs> now nah, i was pretty much done oh, i'm sorry well what i was going to say was maybe what they can do because I, I think they're going to do a sequel 
um, what they should do is they should add Spider-Man into the, this universe together. No, oh, that And what they should do is they should have a moment where Venom combines with Peter Parker. And he feels all the power that's coming from Spider-Man. And then what would happen to Brock? He just, maybe, hold on, here's what I'm saying. Yeah. This is what I would do. He would, for whatever reason, something happens and he just, he, um, he uh, is no longer combined with Eddie. And so then he gets a hold of Spider-Man. And he feels all that power and he just loves it. Because you know, what he was saying to Eddie, he, in the movie, he said, you're a perfect host for me. Well, he finds out Peter's even better. And so he loves it. And, and so Peter's trying to fight off everything. And he finally gets rid of him and rejects him, which makes Venom angry again. Makes him angry for being rejected by somebody. Ah, so kind of treat this Venom like a prequel. Kind of, yeah. yeah. And then what you could do is have Eddie angry at Spider-Man, like in the comics, but for taking Venom away from him. He felt angry because... He was he was happy the way things were with him combined with Venom. He felt like things were going well for him. Yeah, this sequence then, would have to be fairly close after the events of the first movie. Though. Probably, and then yeah. Spider Man take he's mad at Spider Man because he feels like Spider Man took him away from him. So when they combine together, they both have the anger and the hatred for Spider Man, which makes him more into a villain and and maybe an antihero later. But angry at, at spider-man and i think that would be good i think having that anger again would make venom even better and i feel like it wouldn't be too out of character for, no not at for all this movie's version of eddie no no i think he could get mad easily yeah the other thing we should mention there was a deleted scene or not deleted scene there was a cut scene at the end you don't know who this is but they had a guy in a cell um eddie brock was going to go interview him he is a mass murderer his name is cletus ah, i can't remember his last name cletus something well, he gives away what happens with him. He says, when I get released, everything is going to become carnage. This character is the person that a symbiote combines with and creates carnage. Is that the white one? Red one. Red one. Red one. Yeah. Um, to give you another quick backstory, very quick backstory. Um, in the comics, Venom actually gives birth to a few... Like, is, I, I may be saying this wrong. What would be like if an antibi uh, antibiotic... Uh, like a, a cell detached and creating, created another. What would that be? Is that asexual? It's like asexual reproduction. It could be budding. Okay, I would say asexual reproduction. It could just be division. That's what symbiotes do. Is he is he but, identical? Well, that, no. What symbiotes do is they kind of do asexual like kind of reproduction, creating children. And so what he does is he creates carnage and a couple others, I think, too, in the comics. So he is the technically the mother slash father of carnage, if you will. And what happens is that symbiote combines with Cletus, which when you have a symbiote who takes pretty much the emotion and the person and the personality of, a, of an individual, that symbiote took on the mass murdering spree. Like, you know how Venom in the movie was kept wanting to feed and wanted to eat people in particular? Think about Carnage. Think about a symbiote combining with a mass murderer. He'd be all up for it. Yes. So that's what's going to be kind of interesting to see how they do that. So the next movie, even though it wouldn't have anything to do with what I wanted to do, it would probably be Venom versus Carnage. Which, in the comics, I should say, Spider-Man and Venom team up to defeat Carnage. So that could be how they add Spider-Man into the mix. The two of them need to work together. And to then they Carnage. realize since, you know, oh, they make a good team. and Then maybe like Venom could combine. There's a lot of things they could do with this. Yeah. If Sony's smart. Which like they us. may not be. Yeah, like us. Two unqualified guys with no cinematic uh, training. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, to, end, to end this review, I, to, for my final letter grade, I'm not going to do letter grade. I'm going to give it a thing out of 10. 
let's say, how many, let's go with this. I would give this movie, and in my honest opinion, 7.5 Tom Hardys out of 10 Tom Hardys. Wait, top half or bottom half? Top half. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I give it a 7.5 out of 10. Mm, I I think that's a little generous. Is me, it? Me, I would probably give it a 6. Really? 6 okay. full Tom Hardys. See, see, my, my thing is, I, I said this to you earlier. Um, I didn't hate this movie. I didn't hate it either. I didn't love it, though. Yeah, I just thought it was kind of... I thought it was good, though. I, I, I enjoyed it. It kind of mediocre right. overall. But it wasn't bad. I definitely wouldn't see it again. But I, I, but I see, it again. see, I said this to you, though. I actually would see it again. Not because like I'm like, oh, I desperately need to see this right away. I'd probably see it maybe a month or two down the road again. Because I can't. Re- I tried to think of this earlier, and I cannot remember for the life of me. There was a movie that came out when I first saw it. I did not like it that much. Then I saw it a second. Oh, I know what it was. I remember now. It was what? a Star Wars movie. It was Star Wars um, 8. Yeah, 8. Um, Return of the Jedi. Not Return of the Jedi. You did the that The Last to me. Jedi? The Last Jedi. When I first saw it, I was not a big fan of it. I was like, okay, it's okay, but there was a lot of stuff I just didn't like. Saw it a second time, and I liked it a lot more. I see. I'm not saying that I would go see Venom again and love it more. There's a chance I wouldn't love it as much. But it's a movie that I would be willing to see a second time, just not like in, like I don't need to see it this weekend again. Does that make sense? Yeah, for me, I think that even if I were to see it again, I don't think my opinion would change. Really? I feel like the, the, the plot points we talked about earlier mm-hmm. are a little bit too glaring for me to change my opinion. Um, I do love Tom Hardy's performance in it, though. Yeah. That's what's keeping it up right. like above a five. Yeah. But like I, I think it's okay. Yeah. It's good. Uh, it's a fun movie. It's it was fun. fun. It was definitely a fun movie. It, was, it wasn't like I didn't feel disappointed. Like, like I said, I didn't hate it. I didn't, I didn't walk out of it feeling like I wasted money. Yeah. If anything, the CGI combined with Tom Hardy's performance making the character f- mm-hmm. you know, fun to watch and relatable, it, it makes it worth enough to see it at which, the very least. Which, in my opinion, if they get better writers or a different, a, a better storyline for the second one, then it could be really, really good. Think of it like in this sense. like If you go back and watch Spider-Man 1 and 2 with Tobey Maguire, this first one's okay. It's, it was a first of its kind, but it wasn't great. Then you go to Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2 is incredible. So that's the thing. I think Venom has an opportunity that if they make their sequel really good, then I think people could watch that first one and go, it was okay, and it was a good jumping point to what they could create. Does that make sense? Yeah, I see what you mean. I Because that's mean. the thing when you look at a lot of these superhero movies. The first ones are okay. They're not, not all of them are great. But then they use that as a jumping point to get better. I hit my mic. To get better and better. <laughs> um, and Except so, for Iron Man. So, Iron Man didn't really follow that. Well, Iron Man was the f- Iron Man one was good. Iron Man two was meh. Iron Man three was also a bit meh. Iron Man does well with others. <laughs> <laughs> he does well with others. I liked Iron Man one a lot. Iron Man two and three I could watch, but they weren't the best. It's just facts. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think Venom is a good. I think this movie is a good jumping point for what could become more for Sony. I didn't hate it. By far, this is one of their better Sony movies. That are superhero movies that Sony has done. Um, definitely better than all the Fantastic Four movies. Yeah, I'd say it's a huge step up from the last Fantastic Four movie. The oh, for sure. And it's obviously not as good as Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, it's better than <laughs> some of the Spider-Man movies, but not all. So I would definitely say this is a, uh, a success for Sony. I think this was a good movie yeah, for yeah. them. 
And I think this is a good jumping point for more into this Spider-Man universe. I think this is a good start to adding Venom into that world. Yeah, and this is the first movie review we've done that you guys have listened to. So I, I'm just going to let you know that I'm a little bit more critical Yes. usually. Uh, Marcus can be critical, yes. But I think that I'm kind of a bit more nitpicky. Yeah. And if I'm kind of giving Sony a pass on this one... Then you know that kind of goes to show. See, that's the if, thing. If I, it's we're building a little bit of trust, right? There, I think. And for you in particular, I'm just talking about movies in general. Um, to give an idea, yes, you are a bit more uh, nitpicky than I am, um, which is fine. I think that's I think that's perfectly normal. Um, but if you if you personally can still go through a movie, coming out of it somewhat or not more than just somewhat enjoying a movie, even if you can nitpick it. Then that means it was a it was a pretty good movie. Yeah, I will if I if, if I don't like a movie, Marcus will know. Oh, I will on know. The drive back. <laughs> yes, I will know about it if he does not like it. So this is a positive sign. Him giving it a six out of ten is actually really good for his standards. And I, I give it a, six, a seven point five out of ten. I know yeah. I'm, I'm being cheap by giving it that half, but I feel like um, I think that's only fair though because you have so much prior knowledge. You have so much knowledge going in about. Yeah. Yeah, well, more knowledge than me going in right. about Venom and such. I'm coming in completely blind. I so. will say that there were some things overall that they, like, to the comics. This is going to be a long episode. I know you're looking at the time right now. Um, Comic-wise, there were certain things that obviously were in the comics, but there were some things that they actually combined pretty well with it. Like the sound and the fire, those are real weaknesses that he that symbiotes have. Which I was glad to see, by the way. I didn't right. want to see, like, another invincible... Right, exactly. He thing. has weaknesses. Um, and, uh, the way, you know, like the way he moved, um, felt very similar to the comics as well, which was good. Like the, like we talked about how the symbiote kind of like crawled on people. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, overall I, I, I was, I was pretty happy with that. I wasn't disappointed. I didn't hate it. Um, was it great? No, but it, it was a good movie. Yeah. yeah. I think what I guess I know we're just reiterating could, ourselves speak for both point. of us. Yeah. Definitely worth a watch. Yeah, I would um, say go watch go, it go, at least once. Yeah, definitely. Even I, if you don't like, are not a huge fan of superhero movies, it'll help. Yeah, it's definitely watchable. Yeah, if if only for I mean, Tom Hardy being such a let's good be honest. Main like, character. there's a couple moments where like Venom eats people's heads. You don't see it. That's another thing. Real fast, and this then I'm I'm done yeah, talking. Yeah, really. About speed it. I'm sorry. This up. I'm really sorry. This should have been a rated R movie. If they made it rated R, it could have been a lot better. Oh yeah. If they made it rated R, rated R like Deadpool. I think it would have been a lot better, a lot better. Yeah, they could have gotten a lot gorier with Venom, and I think and it could have really helped. Very Venom. Yes, and it could have really helped this movie overall. Yeah, so anyway, I agree. Uh, here's my random thought to end this episode. So welcome back to everybody. If you skipped over, yes. Here's my random thought. Thanks so much for sticking for us, by the way. Yeah, my random thought is, for me, one of my favorite actors of all time, and I honestly think this might be my favorite actor, and this might like annoy people me saying this. Because he doesn't seem like a person that you would put up there like as the tippity top. Like a Tom Cruise or like... A Meryl Streep. Or a Meryl Streep. Yeah, anyone like that. No, this, my favorite actor I think of all time, and I think I'm, I'm going to stand by this, is Nicolas Cage. Nick Cage? I The meme himself. I love Nick Cage because of this very reason. See, you, you go through these movies that he does... And I watched an interview that he did with GQ recently where he talks about his top roles. You can tell he like really cares about how he works a character and how he makes them who he is or who they are. He he seems like a movie buff. He talked about a lot of older films that he used to watch and like kind of took inspiration from. He's one of those guys, like if he really tries and really puts the effort in, not saying he doesn't try, because that's not that's not right to say that. 
But when he really goes at it like 125%, his acting is it's fantastic. But then you get these movies where it's really weird, like the bees, the bees, like that whole The Wicker Man. <laughs> or like you get like The Vampire's Kiss where he has the classic meme look that you see everywhere of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or where he has like literally, I think in the same movie of Vampire's Kiss, he does the alphabet. He goes, A, B, C, D, like just yelling it. He goes, the entire alphabet, mind you. Mm. He He's weird. He's unusual. But he still makes those like, like lower ca- class films that he does. Amazing, even if they're weird. I mean, they can be really weird. Some of the movies he does. So I guess, like mostly here, you just really respect his genuine nature in his work. Yes, absolutely. I, I can respect that. I too. think. I think when he, like I said, National Treasure to me is one of the best. Like, is a great movie. I really, I watched it recently, and I still really liked it. And I think he, when he tries, when he really puts in the effort, one hundred percent, he's great. But when, even when he doesn't want to give one hundred percent, he's just kind of having fun and just being weird. To me, I can still enjoy it even for the, the lulls, if you will. Yeah. So that's well, all I, mean, I have to say. You can you can take a lesson from that. You can do if if Nick Cage can put so much effort into something and, and make it so memorable, yeah. that's something we can take into our own lives. Exactly. As people, yeah. as humans. If you just try really hard at making your scrambled eggs the best that it can be. You can also be Nick Cage. You can also be Nick Cage and barely try to make eggs. It might still good. It be might good. still be edible. It might still be edible. And fun. That's the most important thing, that you have fun. Making your eggs. And that's what this episode's about. That's what Nick Cage taught me. Bless you, Todds. Bless you, Todds. <laughs>